Amen. How y'all doing? Good. It's good to see y'all this morning. <clears throat> good to be in the house. Hey, AJ. I'm just I'm just a touch loud. I don't like to hear myself that much. I talk to myself in my head, but outside voice that was just a little loud. Um, anyways, man, what a what a what a great time. I, you know what? I, I love being a believer. I love being a Christian. I love um, following Jesus. Um, it is such an adventure, and it's so cool. And my deal is if you've never entered into that place where you follow Jesus, maybe you're here today and you're just checking it out to see what's going on. Um, man, sit back and watch what happens. And, and you check it out. Check it out. You know, there's so many people that think that Christianity is a bunch of hypocrites. Well, come on and join us then. And I'm going to, I'll just say it with my outside voice, that I'm not perfect. And there's times that I do things that I go, you're a hypocrite. So anyways, so come and join us. Come and join us. Hypocrites and infidels. Um, anyways. With that, I, I have a special little word today. It's it's um, a special little word um, I, that I want to share with you today. If you have your Bibles, if you would go over to First Timothy, First Timothy chapter one, and um, many years ago, I um, heard a message from one of my favorite. Uh, preachers, communicators. His name is Andy Stanley. I, I love to hear Andy minister. And um, we were at a at a conference, and and one of the things that I heard him talk about, uh, the name of his message was called "The Most Powerful Man, the Most Powerful Person in the Room." And he took it from John chapter thirteen. You can go and look at that sometime. That's when Jesus was at the, with his disciples at the Last Supper, and it says that that Jesus came in carrying a, a, a container of water. He took a towel, tied it around his waist, and he bent down to the ground and began to wash the disciples' feet. And it was that act of service to his disciples that brought about being the most powerful person in the room. Um. Jesus said, I think it was in Matthew um, 8, 9 or something like that. Um, he said that he did not come to this earth to be served. He came to serve. That was his deal. He came to serve. So when he came into that room um, with the disciples that night, just before he's going to the cross, he began to wash their feet. Uh, now, listen, I'm not a foot guy. I mean, I, I don't like feet. Um, I'm glad I have feet. I don't even like my own feet, you know? And it's it's a difficult thing for me to get around somebody's feet. Uh, I remember we was flying over to Australia, and, and we were sitting in these chairs, and the, the kind of the lockers instead of above or on the floor, and this lady behind me put her feet, boom, on my locker, right beside me. And they didn't smell nice. Listen, I'm on a 23-hour flight. I don't have time for this, you know? But anyways, that has nothing to do with anything I'm talking about. I didn't, I didn't become a servant to her. I didn't wash her feet. Anyways, 
but service to God, service to people. I, I, God gave me a revelation just one day, just come up, and, it's, and he said that when any person, whether you're a Christian or not, when you serve somebody, when you humble yourself and begin to serve somebody, in any fashion, you step into God's territory. Even if you're not a Christian, you serve people, God, there is something about that that God will put on you a piece of his beauty when we serve. So I, I want to just kind of move into this man named Timothy, and, and he, was, he was a servant. And in 1 Timothy um, chapter 1, the, the Apostle Paul was on a mission trip. He, he took four missionary journeys in his life before he was, was killed in Rome in, in the midst of Nero's circus. But um, Paul went on these journeys, and his first journey that he took as, a, as spreading the gospel around the world, he ran into a young man named Timothy. And, and Timothy, that young man, was impacted by Paul and to the degree that Paul asked him to be a part of his ministry. And so Timothy served with Paul, walking with him, serving him um, for the ne- about the next 10 years uh, through Paul's other missionary trips, especially the second and third journey that he took um, to, to, to spread the gospel. And so um, about 10 years after Paul had met Timothy, Timothy had been serving him and Silas and Barnabas, and, and um, Paul saw his service and he said, look, one of the biggest, best churches that we've established on these journeys is in a town called Ephesus. And he said, Timothy, what I want you to do is I want you to go to Ephesus and I want you to be the lead pastor there. Now, Timothy was young. He was a, he was a young man, but he had, been, he had been with Paul for about 10 years. So he had a lot of knowledge of, of how to lead. And, and so here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul writes this we call them books, but they're really letters. He writes this letter to Timothy. And I want to share a little bit of it with you as the Apostle Paul writes from a prison cell in Rome before he's killed. He says this in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 says, This letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. Um, uh, appointed by the command of God, our, uh, God of our Savior, and Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Verse 3. When I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus and stop those who are teaching, uh, whose teaching is contrary to the, to the truth. Don't let them waste time in endless discussions of myths and spiritual pedigrees. These things only lead to meaningless speculations which don't help people live a life of faith in God. Verse 5, he says, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. I love that. I love what the Apostle Paul is saying to Timothy here because, you know, during that time, organized church like we have today, like this service right here, organized church was a new concept. 
There wasn't church before Jesus went to the cross. It it was just a kind of a, I don't know, just wherever we land, we're going to preach, you know? And, but then there came about this, this, um, concept that we call church today. See, the church is the people. The building is just where the people gather. The church is the community the, uh, of people that gather um, in a building like what we have here. But the, the, um, the Apostle Paul is writing this to Timothy, imparting to Tim, we'll just call him Tim, um, on how to navigate or how to lead a growing church. Because they, there was no, back then there was no conferences on how to grow a church. You know, they didn't say, you know, come over here and we're going to have a conference and teach you how to be a leader. You know, John Maxwell wasn't born yet. Andy Stanley wasn't born yet. Anybody else um, that has anything to do with knowing how to grow a church wasn't born yet. So it's a brand new concept. The Apostle Paul in this letter did not address Timothy as a minister. He didn't address him as a pastor. He addressed him as my son in the faith. And I love that. I love that they had that relationship. There was such a uh, union of servitude between those two. And, and what Paul was doing here, he was taking uh, this word uh, that he wrote to Timothy and he is taking Timothy's character, what he, what, what he was, uh, who he was, and began to tell Timothy about how to expect leaders to, ha- to act or how they should be in a church position. Amen? And, and so I, I love this, what he says to Timothy here in verses 4 and 5. He says, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. I love that. He says, these are how you find a leader. These are how you find people to lead in this new church concept. Years ago, I have a, had a pastor friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, begin to talk about how he measured the potential of leaders as he's starting a church or as, and as he's going on in his church. Uh, leaders and elders, he would, he would look at them with these three things. Number one would be logos. It's a Greek word, logos. And what logos means is that someone has a knowledge of the Word of God and the ability to communicate that. When we hear the Word of God preached, it's usually a logos thing. So he he said, I look for the logos in people. Then he said, I look for the pathos in people. Not the psychopathos, (laughs) but the pathos. The pathos is this. The pathos is a passion and emotion connecting, connecting people with God and the Word. You, you know, you got to have a passion for it. And then the third thing was ethos. It's another Greek word. Ethos means the credibility and the ethics to personally carry out God in their life. So the logos, the pathos, and the ethos is those three characteristics that, um, that he, that my friend used as I was thinking about it, that, you know, in, in our time as a church, 21 years, almost 22 years, we've done the same thing. Maybe not intentionally logos, pathos, and ethos, but we've looked for the same things in people. 
and, and, and that's what the Apostle Paul was pointing out to Timothy, uh, is that 10 years of serving, you're serving because you have love from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. Amen? So even before I even heard this model, I had unknowingly used it. We have unknowingly used it and passed it along as a characteristic in our leadership in this church. And so, um, you know, we're, we're always looking for more of that. Not everybody's perfect in that. We're not perfect in that, but we continue to pursue the excellence of that in, in church, in this church. And so as we do that, you know, I've, I, I was taught to surround myself with people that have honor and who have integrity and who have loyalty in this church. And, and so we strive for that. So, you know, when you begin to, as, as a Christian, when you begin to um, um, trust Jesus in your life, when you begin to walk in Jesus, when you have Jesus in your life, he, he brings those people around you as well. When you're walking in that, he brings those people around you as well. Amen? And, and so um, those people that we've seen as those that are uh, about always pursuing more of Jesus and about pushing you to strive for more Jesus in your life and for those who protect the Jesus in your life. It is so easy for, um, to be in that place where the enemy starts to come in. But if you've surrounded yourself with those people, they will not only help you pursue, they will help you push, and they will protect you in that. Amen? Amen. So today what I want to do is I want to take some time to honor. Not just any old honor, but this kind of honor. This kind of honor that is spoken of that the Apostle Paul was closing out his letter in 1 Timothy, and he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. He says, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and in doctrine. So we want to do that today. We want to do that today. We have a video that we want to show you. Take about a few minutes and then we'll get back into this. Go ahead. Maybe I'll turn it. There I am. Sorry about that, AJ. (laughs) I'm trying to control my own self here. Anyways, um, you may have seen a common denominator in the video. Um, It's about the guy with the bushy mustache. Um, Anyways, Pastor Mark has been... um, a part of this ministry uh, for 18 years, and it's such a such an honor, you know, when somebody steps into that service place, um, God, you're you're stepping into the territory of God, and so He's He's been that here. Today's a little bit different. If you're new here or you uh, came today and you went, oh, what's this all about? Um, it'll be different next week, but this this week. I wanted to, we wanted to honor Pastor Mark. He's got some things in the works for his future, and he turned in his resignation uh, a few weeks ago as our executive pastor. That don't mean he's gone for good, and you ain't dead, so you're, you're, uh, it's, it's, it's so good to uh, get to honor you, my man. And so we're going to have a little conversation with you. We're going to oh just let you share some things, and, oh and so it's going to be good. 
So yeah. So I wasn't prepared for any of this. No. So we want to give you an opportunity to just kind of settle and uh, uh, gather I've, in for just a minute. So here's. Yes. So God is leading Mark and Amy into a new season, and they're transitioning into that. Uh, like Darren said, that doesn't mean that they're you know not around anymore. Mark will still want to drink coffee and he will still want to eat. So you should still call him for coffee and talking because Amy can only take so many of his words. (laughs) So So in honor of Mark, Darren has a little something here. You know, when in that little deal that I talked about, Timothy, um, the apostle Paul called him a son. And Pastor Mark, even though he's a few years older than me, um, he has been a son to me been a son to us. He's been a friend to us, but the best thing is you've been family. And so with that, he's known for his dad jokes. So I thought we would kick this off with a couple of those. And um, so, huh? Um, You want the lights up? Sure. Yeah. Could we turn the lights up a little bit? Um, So with that, you know, how do you find Will Smith in the desert? You follow the Fresh Prince. I'm going to steal that one. (laughs) I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes. Turns out it was the refrigerator. (laughs) This one is typical of what he would put. He says, uh, I only know 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. (laughs) That's a good one. That took me a minute. (laughs) I didn't say why. I said why. So a skeleton walks into a bar and says to the bartender, I'll have one beer and a mop. One beer and a what? Mop. And a mop. That's awesome. (laughs) Y'all didn't get it, did you? You get it? No. He's a skeleton. It'll go right through him. Oh, okay. (laughs) I just didn't hear the mop part. Do I have you on the wrong side here? No, no. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Anyways. All right. So. Oh, my any, gosh. Anyways. So, Mark, over the past 18 years that you've been a part of this ministry, I was just writing some things down that you started attending the church in the barn. And then after you started attending the church, we had the honor of doing the wedding for you and Amy. And uh, you guys started the marriage ministry, started uh, leading a group of marriage ministry. You uh, started... Can I interject on that? That was so funny. (laughs) We we actually led the marriage ministry by default. (laughs) Because pastors were going to lead... They were leading the marriage ministry at the time. Do you remember this? Yes. And they led the first one or two. And Pastor Darren called me and goes, hey says, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. Can you lead the couples group tonight? And you are like, say what? <laughs> so we did. So we led, we led that one. And I think maybe you came back one or two and then missed one or two. And so by default, we just, we did. And it was, it was an incredible thing. I know Mark and Connie was right after us. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then Mark and Amy Shield were right after that. But anyway, I'm sorry. I just had to interject that. Yeah. Well, then you um, also have been a part of the prayer 
ministry. Amy led the prayer team, and you guys uh, led marriage classes, prayer team, men's ministry, but you were also foundational in uh, what is now our worship team because you are the one. uh, We were sitting around a campfire at a rodeo Bible camp, after rodeo Bible camp, and Mark was playing the guitar and started singing. We didn't know he could do that. (laughs) And so Darren went to him and said, hey, would you do music for us at church? And this was back when we were in the barn. And do you remember what you said to him? We were doing music off of CDs. Yeah, we were playing CDs. Well, you know, the thing that's really interesting about that um, is when we were all sitting around, it was, uh, I think Nick, Mm -hmm. I think Nick Nick might have been there. Heath was there. And as we were all sitting around, Justin Todd Herod was playing. And Justin Todd didn't know that I could play, but he handed me the guitar and he said, hey, can you play something? And I'm like, say what? <laughs> so I did. And it was, it was interesting because I remember exactly what you said to me. And Pastor Lynette, she walks up kind of behind me. She goes, well, Mark Fellini. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Justin Todd Herod looked at me and goes, I think you just been had. (laughs) (laughs) But when Darren asked you if you would do music for us at the church, do you remember what you said to him? Oh, I I think I might have said I've never done it sober. Yes, you've never seen in front front of of other people sober. That was. And there's there's a there's more truth to that than you know. I was I was one of those. There's probably people in here that know. I know. I'll I'll guarantee you there may be people here. But I used to uh, uh, used to. Uh, be friends with a lot of guys that were in bands and I never had enough dedication to to stay in the band so I'd get enough enough in me that they say hey where's Mark Flynn at come up here and sing a few songs with us and that was it I you know that was honestly what it was and I told pastors this early is it was my safety net alcohol then was my safety net because I didn't have enough courage to stand before people you know and and this is kind of a little bit of a rabbit trail, but we we're, we're doing a Bible study on you version right now. And we talk about words and I had, uh, so parents careful what you say to your kids and other people, because I had an uncle at one time when I was a kid told me, he goes, Oh yeah, you wouldn't be too bad if you had voice lessons. And every time I stepped on this stage to lead worship, the enemy reminded well, me of that. Huh. Enemy reminded me, oh, yeah, you wouldn't be too bad if you had lessons. You don't deserve to be up there. And, and that, was, that was something to overcome. So. You know, I, I love music. I'm no good at it, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I liked several different genres. But one, one of the things that I always thought about you when I, when I heard you sing, you had this John Denver quality to you. And seriously, I mean, he is, he's su- such a big, uh, he was such a big, talented voice of a man. You, you knew when he was singing. And I always thought you had that same uh, sound and stuff like that, which was incredible. And yeah. I think thank you're you. incredibly talented. That's, thank you. That's yes. awesome. That means yes. a lot. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that I think of when I uh, think about our time together was when we were looking at a building in downtown uh, Greeley. We were, we were meeting in a big indoor arena, and the, the county had told us, you all can't do this. You've got to get out of here. So we began to look for uh, a venue to meet in. So we 
went downtown. We put, you know, this building was like 800000 or something like that. And we put in an offer of like 50000 or something. They didn't take it. And they said no. <laughs> it, that was where Zoe's Coffee they Shop is. Yeah, Zoe's, Zoe's Coffee Shop. And, and, of course, they wouldn't budge on that. And we didn't have room to budge up. Um, but uh, we left there pretty disappointed. And he called me like an hour or two later. And he says, you'll never guess what is available for a building. And I said, what's that? And he said, the, the restaurant that was here, the, what was it called? The uh, Bayou, Bayou, House. Bayou House. The Bayou House, sorry. The Bayou House. Yeah. And we had tried, we had looked at this place several they, times. They wanted, they, wanted to, they wanted to sell it uh, years before, a year and a half or so before yeah. offered it. $1.5 is what they wanted. Yeah. And I tried to talk them down to 1.2. There wasn't, we didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Mark found that it was for sale, and they didn't have no signs on it. <clears throat> we made an offer. They accepted it, and, yep. and here we are. <laughs> you, if you hadn't been diligent to go and look, we would not be here. Right. Well, you know, <clears throat> thank you, guys. But it's, it, was all, it was 100% God, and I'll tell you why. Is when we were at the place at Zoe's, I mean, I was. I was a little down in the mouth because... You know, because we also looked at the armory. Remember that? I remember there was, the There was something I want to add something, though. <laughs> something, something that ministered to me from you is we were sitting in your, in your white Escalade with the spinners. And, <laughs> <laughs> but we were sitting in front of the armory. Does anybody here remember the old armory? The armory bar? So... <laughs> We actually looked at that also, and we were parked right out front on 8th Avenue. Uh, Pastor Darren was in the driver's seat. I was in the passenger seat. Pastor Lynette was in the back. And we sat there for a minute, and I looked over, and you had tears running down your face. And you said, through those tears, I don't want to lose even one. And what ministered to me so much about that at that point was what a weight you carried for these people. He said, I don't want to lose even one. And I thought, wow, that man loves these people. And it's still, it's, it's something I'll never forget. But, you know, I was so disappointed that we couldn't get that. Uh, it was the old Gent Motors building, I think is what it was. But anyway, but God is so cool because that never would have worked for us. We couldn't see it. We wanted a building so bad. And, but that wouldn't have worked. I mean, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't, we didn't have the parking for the amount of people that we had. Uh, there were no room for horse trailers or anything like that. It would have, it would have been a disaster if we would have. And so one day I sat at, I, I had a leather shop and I was sitting at the shop, should have been doing leather work, but now I was on the computer. <laughs> and honestly, today, and I've, I've said this a hundred times. As a matter of fact, I said it 15 minutes after. You could offer me a million dollars in cash to explain how I found this. It was 100% God. Because what happened is I, I do remember, the only thing I remember, I was somehow ended on the Greeley Chamber of Commerce's website. And I don't know how or why. But I clicked on this and clicked on that and clicked on this. and do, do, You know how it is when you're on the Internet. And all of a sudden, this pops up. And I thought, there's no way. There's no way because there's no sign. There was no sign out here. Even when we drove by it, we, <laughs> we, we drove by it. There's still no sign. 
There's no indication that this place is for sale. The business that was in here was still operating. As a matter of fact, after we got a contract on it, um, uh, Sean and Heather Howes and Amy and I came and had dinner that night, which we wouldn't have after we started to clean the kitchen. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we actually looked at each other and said, oh, man. we ate here, didn't yeah. we? <laughs> but, you know, but it was 100% God that led us to this. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm speaking for all of us that this wasn't easy. This was not easy. We honestly... It was a fight. It was. It was a fight. Actually, at one point in time, the, uh, it was held by a bank. It was in foreclosure. But it was held by a bank that somehow the guy had... The banker down there had some kind of hinky thing going on. He had his thumb in this deal somehow, and we don't know. But actually, Travis Ackerman, the, the uh, a broker in this deal, he said, he said, I've never seen anything like this. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Uh, you know, it was just a, just a lot of under-the-table things happening, not from us, but from the uh, people that we were buying it from. And, you know, we'd put some earnest money down, good chunk of a change almost and all yeah, almost all we had and and you know it's such an adventure but our our uh, realtor uh travis come he called me and he says look if we move further into this i cannot guarantee that you're you'll get your earnest money back if something happens and he says from this this is a line in the sand and i said you know what let's go for it let's let's do it and you know you taught a, a message, uh, maybe it's a series of messages uh, a few years ago, called "Skin in the Game," and you can't you can't get nowhere without skin in the game. And so we we jumped in with both feet, possibly losing over a hundred thousand dollars at that point, and um, and we all just bound together and said we're pushing into this, and and here we are, you know, um, what tw uh, twelve years later. And we, yeah, 2009 think, is when we I, bought. I think, no, 2008. 2008. We actually signed the contract in August of 2008. In. And our first service, it was funny, our first, our first unofficial service was in December <laughs> of 2008. We didn't have an occupancy yet. <laughs> <laughs> we snuck in. But then I think our first service was, if I'm not mistaken, I think January 9th. Yep. 8th or 9th uh, was, our first, yeah. was our first official service. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mark, if somebody would have told you 20 years ago, that you would be a pastor, what would you have thought? I'd have laughed myself silly. <laughs> um, honest, I would have. You know, the, the thing is, though, is what I want all of you guys to understand is, you know, you sit up here and you see, you know, no, no, not necessarily these two because they started it all, but you've seen other pastors up here, Pastor Greg, myself. You know something? We were first-time visitors once. We came in here, I remember, I, it was the barn, and you know, there's, it's kind of interesting about the barn. There's some people that were in the barn, and you know, it's kind of like, well, you don't remember when it was back in the barn. It's like, doesn't matter, man, those weren't the greatest days. <laughs> but, yeah, you walked out of there smelling like horse poop. And so what it was is it was in a rope, it was in a roping arena, and he'd have quite a few guys over to rope, and horses would, right there where we met, horses would urinate and steers and all that stuff. But, you know, you'd walk out of there pretty smelly. But the thing is, though, is I walked in there just like some of you who have walked in here for, well, all of you, every one of you, that have walked in here for the very first time. And you've looked around and went, hmm, I don't know. We'll see what this is going to be like. 
But you know, the thing, the thing that changed everything for us, and, and this isn't a shameless plug, but it's the truth, is we got involved. We got involved. And, and I know you're not expecting this, but I, I don't mean... But the thing is, though, is we got plugged into the heartbeat of this church. Because, you know, I, I was thinking about this this morning. Matter of fact, Amy and I were talking about it. As far as producing a service, there are five paid staff members. Everybody else is volunteers. When you come in and get a cup of coffee, it was a volunteer. When you... Uh, when you notice the clean bathrooms, when everything, when the audio that's going, the media that's going, those are all volunteers. And we can't do it without volunteers. It's the volunteers that are the heartbeat of this church. Yeah. Yeah. So for, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say for you, what has been, and I know there's probably so many, so I don't know if you can narrow it down to just like one or two, but what is for you one of the greatest blessings of being a pastor here at this church, your years of service. Oh, that's easy. That's easy. Um, I love to see people growing in relationship with God. I love that somebody finally says, oh, I get it. I get it. I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm reading my Bible every day, every other day, whatever that looks like. I, I, I get it, and I'm starting to move because that's that's if, if you guys aren't moving in in the things of God, we're up here talking heads. That's that's what that's what makes. Uh, Pastor Darren asked me one day. He says, "What makes your baby kick?" And that was it was so easy for me because that is really honestly uh, what what gets me excited. And you know, the other thing is is just being able sometimes to sit on the sidelines. And watch God do what God does. Mm-hmm. Just that, just that, He just, He just lets me see that. Yeah. Once again, as I see things happening in 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 your lives, I think, man, God, thank you for just letting me even see that. Let yeah. thank you for just letting me, let me stand on the sidelines, not even being a part of it, just on the sidelines and seeing God do what He does. The, the one thing that we noticed <clears throat> about you when you were in that place of servitude and, and serving this church, uh, um, that you're a getter-dunner. You are, I mean, you'll stop at nothing to get something done. If we, if we had an idea, you know, <laughs> if I had an idea, I could just give it to you and whoosh, there you go. And, um, and so, you know, in that, when you look around this church, uh, this building, there is not a place, there's not a corner in this whole 12,000 square feet of building that you won't find Mark Fellini's fingerprints, yeah. footprints. I mean, you go into the attic, his fingerprints are all over the place. Underneath it. Yeah, under, underneath it, um, all that. And, and you, um, you know what Paul talked about with Timothy, you've been that to me and Lynette and this church. And you are a getter dunner. And so, and I'm not pointing this at me, but whenever I was diagnosed um, with Parkinson's disease back in 2016, in that there was a lot of weight that I was carrying. And then I get this news and it carries even more weight. And you came to me and you said, 
I will do whatever it takes to take things off your plate to be able to do, deal with your life and be a pastor here in this church. And, and I appreciate that so much because you've always honored me that way. You, you've always been a man of honor to me. And you know, one of the things that I've always said will get you fired is discord, disloyalty, and dishonor. And you've been with me all these years and you never got fired. <laughs> <laughs> So I, 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 you know, I love your honor and your well, integrity thank, to us and to this place and to all these people. Thank, thank you. But you know, part of that goes, uh, not part of it, all of it. It goes both ways. You never dishonored me. You, neither of you dishonored me ever and never felt dishonored. And so, you know, I mean, human nature is, is you know, you get dishonored enough and you may, human nature to, to do that anyway. But, but you never, but you never did. But you know, you'd mentioned something about, I took Red upstairs this week up in the attic because there's cables literally either between Ethernet, Cat5, all of the media and sound cables that run through the ceiling. I took Red up there this morning, and I was explaining to him how to get to these cables on the TV because the, the ceiling or the rafters come down like this. And I said, you have to crawl on your belly and stick your head under that insulation <laughs> to get to that cable. But, you know, the thing is, though, is I still I go back to talking about uh, volunteering. You know, and here again, I, I don't mean to harp on you guys about this, but there's some of you sitting there saying, well, I don't know anything about media. I don't know anything about sound. You know something? I had never touched a soundboard before. Never. I, before Cowboy Church, I had never touched a soundboard. I, I'm going to throw my wife under the bus. <laughs> when, we for, when, when we first started do you remember in school they had the transparency overheads? They had, the, they had the transparencies that laid here. They projected up and onto a screen. So everything that we see here, you know, is really fancy, the TVs and all that stuff. It's really cool. Well, at one point in time, we had a screen that was built out of a sheet stapled to one-by-threes that was painted with white latex paint. That was our screen. And so, you know, that was, that was, our, that was our worship lyrics. And Jody, uh, Jody Saunders would run, would run that. And, and you could see if it was exactly, if it were two pages, if it was a song that was more than one page, all of a sudden you'd see your little fingers go, shh, shh, and try to slide another one up there so you didn't miss a, so you didn't miss a oh beat. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, so what happened <clears throat> is... Pastor Darren had talked to me about, hey, I'd like to see if we could uh, use a computer to start putting the worship lyrics and be able to show videos and stuff like that on the screen. And we had, there's a, there's a for showing videos and things like that, there's something in Windows-based computers called a codec. And they're, they're a video processing uh, part in the computer. And this is, this is what he does. <laughs> this is what our staff meetings are like. <laughs> exactly. So Amy and I literally, literally one night, Dar Pastor Darren said, hey, I want to show this video clip. And I think we were, what, up till 3? Up till 3 in the morning. <laughs> You're welcome. Trying. And, and, but there were points in times the computer would glitch or something would go wrong. And my wife, we'd get in the car, she'd be so mad and almost defeated because it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of up there in front of everybody with it all hanging out and this isn't working. Pastor Darren's going, we're like, 
<laughs> and it was, it was, there were some good growing pains with that, but, you know, but, but, <laughs> but also no, a, a part of that also was, is um, we've always loved you guys so very much. The, the thought of disappointing you in, in any way, shape or form ran clean to the core of, of my soul. I just never wanted to disappoint you guys. You've uh, so, always yeah. been such a, I mean, you really do. You're the one, you make things move. Yeah. And that's such a blessing. We have other things that we want to get to Uh-oh. this okay. morning. But before we transition into some other things, <coughs> I know this is a surprise to you and you are not prepared to say whatever this morning. But as you and Amy get ready to make this transition, what would you want people to know this morning? That's easy. <laughs> you know, the, the most important thing that I want people to understand is we're not mad. We're not upset. We're not ticked off at the church or anything else. This is just something that we really feel that God had just uh, had had moved us into this new season. As, as some of you may know, Amy and I, would we'd really like to move to Wyoming. We'd like to, you know, we run some cows and we'd like a little bit bigger. We'd like a little bit more. We'd like more grass, and um, we would like to uh, move to Wyoming and uh, a little bit more grass, maybe run a few more cows, but, you know, that's the most important thing is that now, so all of you know, we're taking a six-month sabbatical. Uh, We won't be here for six months. The reason behind that is I want whoever is going to start doing what I was doing that they're going to be established. Because the easy thing is to to run to me and go, hey, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark. I I uh, I, I want them to be established. And and if I if I continue to come every Sunday, um, that won't that yeah, won't you really it'll, don't it'll step out it, exactly. Anything. It'll it'll just get prolonged. And I just I want that person to 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 be set up well. And to do well, so. Yeah. And yeah. to be honest, it's a it's a transition. I mean, ministry is all consuming, and so for you, that's and for Amy, that's going to be quite a transition for for you guys. Yeah. But again, the just because you are not going to be carrying that title of executive pastor, the gifting and calling of God is irrevocable, and you're still doing. Outreach ministry, you'll still be uh, doing services and places that you have been doing. And we're believing God to open the door for wherever uh, for you to continue to minister to people because it's in you guys. There's just because it's not a title from here, you're still ordained through our church. And we're honored that you would carry that and continue to do that. And like we said, there's relationship here that has nothing to do with a title on a piece of paper. I've been thinking about it this week. And I, what I came up with was that in our life, there is purpose of life and purpose in life. And so the purpose of life that you and Amy have is to, 
you know, do the cowboy thing. I mean, you raise cattle and be a producer and all that kind of thing. The purpose in life was that you served a season of in-life purpose here. And you have made a huge impact on this place and the people. And people, first and foremost, besides the stinking building, you know, um, people, first and foremost. And I appreciate that. I love you, and, and I thank God for you every day. Every day. You know, I, I just, I just want to say lastly, it's just, it's been an honor. It's been an honor above honors for me. Um, it's, it's something to be a part of something that's so much bigger than yourself, but not about yourself. Yeah. And it's been an honor. So with that, we are going to ask you and Ames, if you guys will come and sit on the front row right here. And Kirsty, if you want to come on up. And can you grab that, babe, and move it to the front? So I had to write down what I wanted to say, but uh, Mark and Amy have been in our lives for a long time since I started coming here. And they've walked through, where did they go? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm looking over here and I'm like, they're not here. Anyways, they have walked through my family and I's a lot of vulnerable moments. Um, but one experience that I had was I remember sitting in your living room about six years ago and learning and experiencing that forgiveness can be experienced in the flesh. I knew Jesus had come to die for my sins and had forgiven me, but I had never actually seen someone forgive someone else. And it wasn't like something I did to them, but I never had seen anyone forgive someone and say, I forgive you for your past actions and your mistakes. And it was just such a healing and refreshing to know that there's people that sit around us each and every week that will stand with you and war with you. Um, and then just remember numerous conversations just where you guys have sparked faith in me. And as I was praying this morning, I felt like the Lord said, you create thresholds of floors. And so threshold is the point or level at which something begins or changing changes and the floor being the base level. And so I believe that where God is moving you guys and where you will physically be moving that you guys are going to do that. You're going to take people from that base level of where they're at and you're going to create those roots to stand in the foundation of who Christ is and that they're going to continue to grow from there. And so um, Psalms 128, one through two says, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. So I'm going to hand it over to Mr. Chris. All right, so I wrote this down, and I'm probably not going to make it through this, so I'm not going to read what I wrote, but um, I'll just hit the points because, you know, part of growing in your relationship with God um, is surrounding yourself with people who are in different seasons, people who have different experiences or who have experienced different things than you. For me, that's been all of you here at NC, uh, N3C, but most importantly, it's been you, Mark. Um, the faith that you have shown in me over the last three years. Um, you know, I remember our first conversation at length was after a men's group on a Saturday. We had, I had asked, how can I serve? How can I serve this church? Um, and then we started talking. 
And I started talking about my past, which, unlike not many others, is not the greatest. But we started talking, and you stopped me. I remember mid-sentence and um, tears in my eyes and everything. And you said, you know, if your past is that important, doesn't it take away from what God has done and what Jesus died on the cross for? Um, That really stuck with me. And every day when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling... um, like insignificant in my faith, I remember exactly what you said. And uh, so I'm going to cut this a little bit short because I'm starting to get a little teary here. Um, I'll close with this. In Ecclesiastes 3, we learn that there is a season and a time for everything. Your season here is ending. A new season will undoubtedly open up for you. One that's been thought of and planned by God since before you were born. And it will be the greatest experience of your life. Please remember, though, Mark and Amy, as you enter this new season, that we are here for you, every one of us. If you need anything, call and we'll be there, no matter the time of day, no matter the situation. Uh, We will forever, forever have our gratitude and our love. So we thank you for your service. And we thank you for everything that you've done. I'm now going to hand it over to Brandon. Okay, I'm going to try to do the best I can because Mark is uh, very good at counting my ums. So (laughs) I am going to do the best I can to keep that as the only one in this. So... I I had a lot of notes, a lot of things written down, but um, kind of, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it's just kind of cool hearing this this story. Um, uh, McKenna and I, when we were dating in 2007, um, at that time we weren't going to a church, weren't, you know, we were um, not where we needed to be at that point. And um, Cole McCall, I was traveling with him, and they kept, you know, suggesting that we come to church with them. So we came to church a few times, and then the guy who put on our, who did our, our ceremony suggested that we find a marriage class. Okay, well, sounds like that cowboy church in Greeley does a marriage class, so we actually got to go through that. Um, we drove up here once a week from Byers, because we were still living in eastern Colorado at that point. Um, and then when it took us about 10 years to be obedient and get moved up here, um, and, uh, like the first day we came to service here, Mark was the first person I wanted to find. Like I was just searching him out and like when I saw him, he's like, Hey, good to see you. Awesome. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> good to see you. Um, and then we had talked later on that it wasn't a big deal to him because he had known this was where we were going to end up. <laughs> um, but, um, I don't know the thing that really just hit me. Uh, with you and, and pastors talking is how you're able to help so many people at the same time. The same time that you were talking with Pastor Darren about his stuff, um, you were helping me through, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the biggest transition in my life. And just how how you can do that and just help so many people and give them that wisdom, that, that direction. And... <laughs> Um, so, and again, now you're still setting that example of stepping out in your faith and, and 
doing something that is is different that's not the the everyday that you guys have had for for so many years so the the verses that God gave me with that is um in uh proverbs sixteen nine it says uh we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps um, and then from there, just to tie into what everybody has been saying um in matthew six thirty three um you know this just to me this is you this is the example you've set um it says seek the kingdom of god above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need so uh with that thank you thank you and love you and i will hand it off to rick um What? I had to check a fly because you start laughing. I was thinking about stuff out of the shopping cart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's lots of memories whenever whenever I think about Uncle Mark and Aunt Amy. Uh, uh, one of my favorites is going fishing with uh, Uncle Mark and Uncle Greg. I call them Uncle because we, I mean, they've literally been in my life as long as I can remember. Shoot. That's dumb. Um, but we went fishing up at uh, Red Feather, and uh, we stopped and got goodies at a gas station, and there was a shopping cart outside with half a Pizza Hut pizza and a bottle of Fireball. Empty, <laughs> empty bottle of Fireball. And Uncle Mark and Uncle Greg pretended to take a picture with it. It was hilarious, but... Um, one of the uh, one of the biggest things that I thank you for is being an inspiration to me to uh, learn to play guitar. Um, it sounds silly being as small as it is, but gosh dang. <sighs> That's helped me grow my relationship with God because it taught me how to worship. And uh, without that, I don't know what my relationship would be. Um, that's something that has gotten me as close to God as it has. Gosh, I can't speak. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you for everything, for being my uncle for teaching me how to fish, for uh, just being there for me. Thank you. Love you. Uh, Alex and Ryan, will you all come up, please? Well, gosh, I thought I was uh, out of tears after since I started the movie, but... Uh... No guarantees. Um, so we're the uh, the uh, newest children to join the Fellini family. There's actually some confusion around here. People think that we're siblings, but we're not. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that, that does get a little confusing sometimes. Um, so um, <laughs> we met uh, Mark and Amy probably, I don't know, four or five years and uh, just connected over some 
mutual interest kind of at every level. Um, uh, Mark, uh, I think Mark was kind of looking at Amy, wondering what my mother's name was and where I come from potentially because uh, we're so similar. But the, uh, we hit it off right away, and I think that Mark and Amy might have not really known what they were getting into at first because it can be a lot being friends with Ryan and Alex. Um, we, uh, we relied on them for a lot, and, and in good fashion of being a, a good son, I would uh, borrow welders, tools, equipment. Um, a lot of times they don't come back in the condition they left. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that, that was fulfilling that role. Um, but uh, the, the, biggest, the biggest thing that, um, out of all the hours and all the time that we get to spend together, um, Mark was the first person to show me the love of Jesus by loving me and uh, teaching me how to love others and love my wife. <laughs> but also just to, uh, to know how to uh, accept that love from somebody else. That means uh, more to me than I think you know. Oh, hot dog. Um, <laughs> ditto to what Ryan said. Um, for me, won't go too into it, um, just as a little girl, I always craved that father-daughter relationship. And I always wondered, you know, what would it be like to just have that dad who encouraged you and held you accountable, and <laughs> which he does that a lot because I need it, let's be honest. And just to unconditionally love you. And that wasn't something that I had experienced for most of my life. And then I found God and I found this church and I found you. And um, gosh, I can't. Um, thank you for showing me how God loves all of us. There's so many times just in my life where I haven't felt good enough or haven't felt loved and whether it's your upbringing or just stuff that's happened to you in your life. Like God loves you so much and it's so special to find a man who, or anyone for that matter, who can show that to you and you've really just shown me that I am loved and that God loves me and you're the best dad I could ever ask for and we're just so thankful for you and everything you've done for us. And we love you. That's it. <laughs> um, we're going to bring up Tracy and Pastor Gray. There's only a few left in that box. So um, getting to talk about Mark and Amy is so awesome because we've been with them for, mm, you guys have been here 18, yeah, 17 years too. So we got to start with them in the barn and that relationship developed. But I was trying to think about how to explain Mark to a congregation. And then reiterate what he wanted you to hear about just getting involved. And I think about Mark like a, a caisson 
or a peer of this church. And what I mean by that is he kept drilling deeper and deeper and deeper till he finally hit the bedrock. And he stands for us as that unseen a lot of times. When I think about Mark and all that he was involved in this morning, I was thinking about he's involved in the births. He's involved in the deaths in this church. He's involved in the marriages. He's involved in the counseling whenever those marriages don't take. And so he's involved in so many things that you guys don't see that's below the foundation. And the reason that you set a case on is because you've got to go high. And so when we're just building a small home, we don't need caissons, but we're trying to build something really high. And this group, a congregation of people, Mark's helps out the foundation below grade to where you don't see everything that happens whenever you sit in an executive pastor role, but he's served and he served all of us. Cause I think most of you might have a story about Mark <laughs> and Amy. And the other thing is just brother and sisterhood. I can't even explain it beyond best friends. There's a brother and sisterhood there that I trust them with anything and everything. And so I'm going to start, so I'm going to pass it over. <laughs> Jeez, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's one of the things that I was really looking at, too, just the solid foundation. And where I believe that, that kind of came with him and I, we were back in the barn, and it was pretty cold, and water was dripping on our heads, and we're standing up there around the bucket of peanuts, and he just started talking to me and just started to introduce himself. It was one of the pretty close to one of the first times we were there. You probably, I was. I was looking for work, let alone I didn't realize it was going to be this work. But, but, but yeah, I was looking for work, and I knew he knew a lot of faces in the, in the barn, and, and uh, that just kind of started out the relationship. And, I went back and talked to Trace, and I said, oh, you know, Mark, he's over, he seems like a pretty nice guy. I said, but gosh dang, he talks a lot. <laughs> you got to understand my condition when I was back in there. I was trying to get my condition fixed, too, as well as a lot of other people. You know, that was just like he said earlier. That was one of my very, very first times as I was getting in the barn and I was we grew and developed together in relationship and and just became best friends we became brothers we became sisters and we've we've went through ups and downs we've hit walls just like good brothers and and best friends do you're gonna you're gonna work through those hard times and and to get through it but yeah we we kind of were just raised under the same spiritual parents that trained us they obviously did something right because if they fix this right here <laughs> They're, they're doing something right, but I got a lot of other things I could say about this man, both honoring and in secret, uh, but I'm going to keep that between us. I am looking forward to the next adventure of where they're headed. I'm looking forward what God's going to bring to them, but most importantly, I'm looking forward to share that with them wherever they go. So Amen. I love you guys both very much. Turn it over to Pastor Darren now. Well, I know there's a lot of stories, a lot of things that um, we could continue to put on them and, and things, but uh, we gotta, we, there's got to be some law here. Uh, 
Um, anyways, with that, um, we, we appreciate you guys so much for getting to celebrate this with us today. I know it's a little different. Come back next week. If this is your first time and you're going, this is weird, come back next week. It won't be so weird. But what we want to do, I would like to, to, to pray over them. So would you all just stand right there in the middle on the circle? There's a circle right there. Um, you know, um, the one thing is, is they are one flesh. And so we've put a lot of stuff on Mark, but Mark wouldn't be making his mark on this world without Amy. And so we applaud you um, for allowing us to have him at times. So anyways, with that, I just want to, if y'all would just stretch your hands this way. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. This is where it gets real. Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you for bringing them to us. I thank you for bringing them to us as two individuals, but through this ministry and through this, you've allowed us to, to bring them into one flesh and to do what they've done over these last several years. God, I know that they're not done here in, in the sense of being present, but God, I thank you for giving us the servitude that they have carried and the impact that they have made upon this church and over every person here who walks onto this property has walked through their footprints. God, I thank you that Jesus, you are the reason for this. Jesus, I thank you for this couple. And I thank you for where they're going. God, right now, as the, as the lead pastor over this building, over this people, God, I pray in Jesus' name. I release them in Jesus' name to go do what you've called them to do, the purpose of life that you've placed on the inside of them and getting to their next purpose in life. So God, I thank you for them. I love them. And I thank you for what you're doing in their life and what you continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys.